the integrity commissioner says he'll complete his investigation of the municipal affairs and housing minister, Steve Clark, before he turns to his ex-aide, Ryan Amato. And all this is about the green belt. And I suppose it makes sense since Ryan Amato doesn't even work for the government anymore. But I have to wonder how long it's going to take to get the results of this inquiry. We had Bonnie Lissick, the Auditor General. She did her investigation, came out with her report, which has been nothing but a headache for the government ever since. Um, but the Integrity Commissioner's report is actually more important because there it's not about finances and whether or not your dollars are being well spent. It's about whether or not people are living in kind of shady, or working anyway, shady territory. Uh, but like I said, sometimes these investigations take so long, they really don't matter all that much. And sometimes they don't amount to anything. I'll often, on those rare occasions where I'll reference Donald Trump and people go, yeah, well, they never found any, uh, any Russian interference with the election. They did actually read the Mueller report, but for two reasons. One, by the time the Mueller report came out, it was more or less redundant. And two, he was so inscrutable in how he presented his report, he never really seemed to draw major conclusions that would implicate Trump, merely that he was uh, probably guilty of a, you know, obstruction and a few other things. So that's the unfortunate thing when you have an inquiry into government misbehavior. It usually takes so long to complete. I mean, they're going to be building in the green belt before the integrity commissioner's report comes out. So interesting tweet that we came across from Cam Guthrie of uh, Guelph yesterday. He was retweeting a story from our friends at CTV Kitchener about how post-secondary students in the Waterloo region aren't finding housing. They can't find affordable housing and the beginning of the semester is you know, coming straight down the barrel. So Cam Guthrie tweets, similar in Guelph, I heard about parents looking to rent a parking spot for their son who will now be living in a van. The dad equipped the van with a heater and solar plan panels and the kid will use the school's showers and bathrooms because nothing, all caps now, nothing is available or affordable for crying out loud. And then there's the angry face emoji. Uh, Mayor Cam Guthrie joins us right now. Good morning, your worship. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Okay. Where'd you come across that, uh, the story about this kid living in a, in a van? Well, I was originally uh, told about it from someone else on social media. And uh, like myself and others, we were sort of wondering, is this true? <laughs> is this, is this actually real life? And uh, then all of a sudden the uh, screenshots of the uh, real situation that this family was in for their son uh, started to come my way because they were on other social media sites looking for this uh, space. So then I, I knew that it was, you know, very legit. Uh, and actually, you know what? I just found out last night that um, uh, somehow oh, someone tracked them down through our local media here and uh, did an interview with them. And uh, so, yeah, there's an actual interview with the kid and the parents. And there's a little bit of a good news story here. I just found out about that. He, he has now found something else other than the parking spot. Uh, but, the, the, but the desire to find that parking spot was very, very real. And it only, uh, it, it just, it doesn't surprise me anymore. I mean, I hear of stories of like nurses living in vans and, uh, across Canada, uh, I hear of people trying to find places in every single place across this country that are struggling to find 
you know, suitable, affordable living spaces. So uh, it's good news that ended up for this one student, but I still continue as the mayor hearing pretty horrific stories um, all the time about housing. Now, you know, somebody can use this as a case study to illustrate why we need to be building and building fast, but something we turn the dirt on today is not going to be finished for like two, three years. So, uh, you know, what, is there anything can be done in the immediate to try and resolve this particular situation, especially as concerns postgraduate or post-secondary students? Well, I really think that the the provincial and federal government really does play a huge role here, especially when it comes to the education sector and colleges and universities. And a lot of the a lot of these colleges and universities actually have a lot of independence on the land holdings that they have. And I think that there should be a case made that they should have even more ability to build, especially housing. Um, a lot quicker. And that can come in the form of uh, probably upper level of government, uh, you know, funding as well to help at least kickstart that. Because you you are right, it's going to take a while for this issue to happen. And so when uh, universities and colleges are accepting students, you know, they really got to make sure that there is going to be sufficient enough housing, not only on their own property, but within the cities that they are in. And so we had a situation last year, unfortunately, with our university here, where they actually accepted more people than the program and the programming. And there was several hundred more students uh, actually admitted. And that caused a huge problem in our city. And immediately rents skyrocketed to about a thousand dollars a room. And uh, I was sent uh, pictures of lineups of 50, 60 kids deep outside trying to find uh, rooms to, to rent, and it was a very difficult situation. Uh, our university now has actually rented a complete hotel. Uh, there was a day's in, uh, about, uh, you know, not even half a kilometer away from uh, the university. They've now rented the complete hotel out for the next two years uh, just to help with students. So our university is doing studies uh, and strategic planning around housing. And most communities that have colleges and universities are doing the exact same thing. But we really need it all to be accelerated as quickly as possible to increase supply, uh, which will hopefully bring down some of the rents. Thanks a lot for this. Good to have you. You as well. Thanks. That is the mayor of Guelph. Cam Guthrie, and I'm getting texts with first-person accounts of the experiences some parents and kids have had. John, my son is at Guelph, $1,000 a month for a half-finished room with eight guys sharing one bathroom. Another person said, I live in Welland, a college town. I had two rooms for rent. The end of the month is two days away. In the last 24 hours, I've had 33 college students reach out for the one room I have left. They all need it. For the first, it's crazy. They're saying there are no affordable rooms. And I guess an awful lot of people, you know, this is not an entirely new thing, but it seems to be particularly acute this round. But a lot of people have stories to tell about the wretched conditions that you probably years later can't believe you lived with. I know one producer in television, and back when he was first starting out in the industry, he lived in a condo. I think it was a two-bedroom condo, and there were four guys, and one of them slept in the living room, and they had boarded up the pass-through of the kitchen. 
you know, so that he could have some level of privacy. Uh, 7.14 is the time, enough time to very quickly mention the 512 streetcar on St. Clair. I didn't know this was coming, and it's my, well, it's not my streetcar, it's a streetcar I use frequently because I live at Young and St. Clair. Uh, it's going to be replaced by buses for a year. As if this neighborhood hasn't uh, paid enough of a price because um, for a good long time, and I don't, I don't know if it's over yet, but the subway has been interrupted going north and south from St. Clair up to Lawrence, sometimes further than Lawrence, and replaced with shuttle buses. And it's just, it's such a miserable experience. You're on the subway, then you have to get out, pile onto buses, and of course there are never enough buses because the subway car holds probably three times as many people as a single bus. And uh, then you get back on the subway when you get further north or turn the whole process around. It's miserable. But additionally, I'm going to read into this coverage because I'm curious about what it is we need to remediate on the 512 St. Clair, Clair right-of-way since it opened in 2010. 